Welcome to AI Arthritis Voices 360, the podcast solving today's most pressing issues in the AI arthritis community. We invite you all to the table, where together we face the daily challenges of autoimmune and autoinflammatory arthritis. Join our fellow patient co-hosts as they lead discussions in the patient community, as well as consult with stakeholders worldwide to solve the problems that matter most. Whether you are a loved one, a professional working in the field, or a person diagnosed with an AI arthritis disease, this podcast is for you. So pull up a chair and take a seat at the table. Welcome to AI Arthritis Voices 360. This is the official talk show for the International Foundation for Autoimmune and Autoinflammatory Arthritis, or AI Arthritis for short. And my name is Tiffany Westridge-Robertson. I am the CEO of the organization, but I am also a person living with the diseases. And I'm not alone. Here we're starting a new year with our not new anymore employee, (laughs) almost a year. Um, Katie, hey, Katie. Hi, and a happy new year to you too. That's so exciting, all the different possibilities the new year can bring. As you kind of led into my introduction, I am Katie Simons. I am the Senior Programs Communications Manager at AR Arthritis. Also a person living with an AR Arthritis disease, particularly rheumatoid arthritis for, it'll be 20 years exactly this year when I was diagnosed. So a uh, nice banner anniversary year. And yeah, currently in the Metro Detroit area. Oh yeah, I'm in St. Louis, Missouri. So this is technically where the headquarters is in St. Louis, but we're virtual. So (laughs) we're everywhere. We're really everywhere. We do not have any physical offices and we never have. So it, it was interesting because when we set up as an organization 10 years ago, we're gonna be 11 here in 2022, but 10 years and we had realized that in order for people like us who are living with AR arthritis diseases, flexibility number one, you have to work when you feel best. And this was based a lot on me being fairly recently diagnosed, I guess, at the time. And I really struggled having another job. I was vice president of an architectural firm doing business development and project management. I was college teacher. It was really tough (laughs) to try to be on and not have the brain fog and not have the fatigue. And it just really was eye-opening that I could produce best if I had a flexible schedule where I, if I'm not feeling well, then I just take a break. And so we thought the best way to do that is through virtual and it saves money on offices and we're international. So we didn't want to just have one office in one city and all other reasons. So here we are. (laughs) Why limit yourself to to one place or, you know, set hours or let's not limit ourselves to anything. Well, that actually leads us right into what the topic is as we start off the year. (laughs) And that is our heart and soul of our organization, our volunteers. And we're calling this episode Changing the World from Your Sofa. Yes. Or couch or bed or living room or, you know. Yeah. Any Anywhere <laughs> you have that. I mean, if you have internet and you're trying to interact with us, but hey, you can also change the world, you know, outside of your house. But for the <laughs> most part, we started that tagline from the beginning and based on that whole idea of flexibility. So just like our staff, 
who predominantly do live with either these diseases or some other limitations, we translated the whole idea of contributing to our organization with flexibility. So most of the original volunteers, and even still today, but we we are going to change that up. We are going to be asking for many, many people to sign up to be volunteers, regardless if you live with the diseases or not, just in, if, you know, if you are passionate about the cause. But in originally, it was pretty much, there were some parents, but for the most part, I'd say 95% of our volunteers were people living with the diseases. And they were very concerned. How can I help? How can I sign up? Especially when one of my biggest challenges is scheduling, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? And not even scheduling in the traditional sense, but the unpredictableness of living with a chronic disease. That's it. It is the top issue for, it's it's like a commitment issue Mm -hmm. because we don't want to disappoint. We're constantly feeling guilt, right? Mm -hmm. Can't show up for something. We're flaring. Can't stay the entire time because there's nowhere to sit and I can't stand that long. Or there's just many, many variations of those limitations. So we really wanted to let people know that even if you're flaring, we have something you can do from your Mm -hmm. sofa. Absolutely. I was going to say, or even the doctor's office, because I know we've all spent a lot of time in waiting rooms. Yeah. So our mission as an organization is really based on how we were founded. And so I'm going to give a little bit, a little mini history here. It was 2009, and I had just been diagnosed after two years of being the mystery patient. And I know a lot of you out there know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Nothing's wrong with you. You look good. I We don't see anything. I had, um, well, I'm going to watch you get worse so that I know exactly what you have. And I did get worse. And long story short, finally diagnosed. And at the time, I was still working full time, as I, as I had, had mentioned. And I just wanted to do something. I was tired of people saying, oh, well, okay, so you have arthritis. My grandma has arthritis. And I thought, oh, gosh. All right, I'm going to do something. So I actually started. It was called the Buckle Me Up movement. And it was just because I designed jewelry on the side. I created this leather cuff bracelet. And it had these this beading pattern on it. These three black dots, three silver dots, or dots. They were beads. <laughs> I'm going with, no, Kenny knows where I'm going with this because they're dots now, <laughs> a, a red bead and then another different color gray, like in the middle of the, the two silver and the and the black. And it had a meaning with it that basically, first of all, it was rebranding arthritis to be young and trendy because of the cuff, the leather cuff. And then also the buckle was so that it, you didn't have to be worried about asking people for help. So we would encourage people to say, buckle me up. <laughs> when you like have somebody else put the buckle on you. And then third, that symbol, those beads. And it meant basically the first six beads, all variety, different perspectives, different people coming together to create power, which is an impact, which is the red. And then together we we can essentially change the world. And that was together. That was the last bead. It was also the time that Facebook became popular. Same year. It it was timing Mm -hmm. had a lot to do with this, with why we exist today and why the volunteers are here today. 
You're going to hear from some of our volunteers. We have some recordings that we're going to share with you. And some of them have been around almost from the beginning. So it's, that's that's exciting in itself. So what happened was a blogger had posted the bracelet on social media and it got passed around Facebook. And all of a sudden I was getting orders from literally all over the world from, I think it was like 30 different states and then Turkey and Ireland and England and Australia, and New Zealand. And it was just really uh, something. <laughs> Being a business development person, I sent emails to thank people and also shared my story and asked them what their story was. I would say a good 85% replied back. And hey, it was a time where we didn't know. I mean, it was hard to even know anybody that, yes. that had your diseases, right? I mean, Katie, you know. Yeah. Like most of the people you meet with a disease that you have or share, it's not in person. It's virtual. It's on Facebook. It's our social media. Yeah. And back then, before social media, it was very limited. So there was a really big need for us all to connect. The most interesting part in how we became a nonprofit and moved from this movement, if you will, to an actual organization, were the stories that came back. It was, oh, well, I have rheumatoid arthritis. By the way, that was my original diagnosis when I started the movement, and it has since changed to non-radiographic axial spondyloarthritis. Um, but what would happen was I was getting, well, that's my story too, people with Back then, it was called ankylosing spondylitis. It's still, you'll still hear that term, but it has moved, it's moving to the axial spondyloarthritis. And saying that, psoriatic arthritis, juvenile arthritis, Sjogren's syndrome, lupus, Stills disease. And it was the same stories, the same challenges. And the, the connecting of the dots was that auto autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, psoriatic arthritis, and the autoinflammatory diseases like Bichette's, Stills disease, sarcoidosis, and the arthritic component, the inflammatory arthritis, which is different than degenerative, which is the most common type osteoarthritis that, that a lot of people are most familiar with, the, the type where most, the, when they told me you have what grandma has, that's what grandma had, mm -hmm. the degenerative type. So it was kind of this aha moment. We all met, we all ended up going on Facebook and finding each other. <laughs> so we start talking. And what we realized was this aha moment that maybe if we had an organization that only focused on the auto plus inflammatory arthritis components, we've actually narrowed down to just about you know two dozen or less diseases from the hundred plus that would be an autoimmune or an autoinflammatory disease. So we've narrowed it down, but we could increase the impact with our voices and possibly impact early detection, diagnosis, treatment protocols, and even just helping each other by communicating. But that communication the big was the issues. big thing. Yeah, the big issues that no one else is focused that on. That was it. We realized by people living with the diseases, we recognized the need that was unmatched anywhere else. No Absolutely. one else was doing it. And we went, there's a need. And that became our mission. We said, we need to be led by the voices of lived experience to identify those missing gaps, those areas that aren't quite hitting the mark, 
And together, we can work with other stakeholders, meaning researchers, doctors, you know, health providers, government, whomever that other person is that's involved in the problem. And together, as equals, not as us as advisors or necessarily them as advisors, as equal participants, we could solve problems that impact education, advocacy, and research. And we did. We started. <laughs> and I got to tell you, Katie, you've, been, you've known us since the beginning. I was going to say, I remember that buckle popping up on my Facebook feed. I didn't buy it, which is one of the bigger regrets I think wah, I have wah. in my life now. I know. I know. I will, oh, if you're asking where do I buy them, they do. You can't. They were handcrafted, <laughs> they, right? They were made by hand. Yeah. It took me about three hours to make each one. And I, we have retired the bracelets. The buckle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe someday we'll do something simpler, but for right, you know, to kind of bring it back. But those are retired. So you cannot order them. But Katie, you even donated, you started donating to our, our first charity our charity mm-hmm, auctions. Mm-hmm. That, that I was going to say, I've always been, I have always loved volunteering myself. And yeah, it was kind of, you know, who knew volunteering could be so fun in such a particular way. I donated a piece of artwork. Mm-hmm. So that was my way. And I know studying nonprofit work myself uh, in my college days, they mentioned the four T's as far as time, talent, treasure, and testimony. So my time and talent into that piece of artwork that then gets to benefit the organization with the donation was just so kind of neat and cool. And, oh, wow, someone actually wants my artwork, but it's also, you know, helping out this organization. It was just so rewarding. And it's like, wow, that was just so much fun. And then I've just kind of been, I'd say in the beginning, the early days, just kind of in, in the atmosphere and then more and more I've I've been more involved and last year I, I offered to be a volunteer and instead you just kinda hired me on. So. Yeah. And here I am. We'll have, to, we'll have so. to do a separate clip. We'll have to do a separate like story, <laughs> just us talking one day about that because because it is kind of a funny story. Yeah, she did say, Oh, I'll volunteer. I'm in between work and that lasted about 24 hours. Um, but anyway, so so as far as getting back to the whole the whole volunteering, so when we started the organization, I mean, I couldn't, I was even volunteer, to be honest, because I we didn't have any money. <laughs> so we couldn't hire Katie or anyone else for that matter. Or yourself or yeah. So I still kept other jobs while we were we were ramping this up. And it was the volunteers, the volunteers that stood up and gave so much. I think what made us very unique was they were stepping up to manage our projects. They were helping run. They were helping imagine what they could be. Keep in mind, we're always tackling things of unmet need, of things that aren't maybe a different tweak on ways that we could address a problem to get a different result. So everything we do is innovative. Everything we do is is kind of a first. So getting the brainstorming and the early development and thinking of that, we're going to do the first of this. And being there in the beginning, through inception, through trial and error, because there's a lot of that when you do things for the first time, and they stuck with it, and they they brought their skills to the table, and they can always say, you know, I was part of that award-winning project, or I helped, you know, build this foundation, and we did it in a way that never made the volunteers feel used or overworked, and I think that's very important to point out 
flexible participation, participate as able. I think the fact that we understand and everybody calls us family. I don't know one volunteer that really hasn't said, wow, this is like being part of a family. And we're going to hear that. So speaking of that, I know I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the projects that that you're, you're going to hear about. But the way we roll here is sometimes it just doesn't go according to schedule. So I'm looking at an outline and I'm throwing the outline over my shoulder because we're going to jump right into video number one. Well, video, I'm sorry, you're listening. It's audio, but we do have these on videos as well. And we will post those on our YouTube channel. You can find us at IFAI Arthritis for our video. So we're going to first hand it over to Katie to tee us up and we're going to listen to Judy. All right. Judy, step on down. Hi, I'm Judy from Australia. I live with rheumatoid arthritis and I was diagnosed in 2012. I have been volunteering with AI Arthritis for seven years by participating in projects such as ACT, a community team, where I was an assistant working behind the scenes for World AI Arthritis Day and AI Arthritis Voices 360 and joining in the conversation there. I volunteer with AI Arthritis because they are patient-run by people with business backgrounds. Being patient-run has always been very important to me as we live with these conditions every day. I volunteer because it helps with education, advocacy and research, and it totally resonated with me when I was first diagnosed and I find this really important. I also wanted to connect with others in the community that lived with the same or various other conditions. I also want to find out about new treatments and things like that, which is also important, and AI arthritis, my go-to for finding things like that out. Thank you very much. (laughs) I'm laughing because I know those of you tuning in to the audio version here of the talk show can't see it but at the end we got we got to post these on on youtube at the end she gives a thumbs up and she's dressed in all this ai arthritis merchandise which is which is pretty cool so judy's been one of the volunteers that's been around almost the longest seven years and like i said we start we started 10 years ago and she is in australia and it it definitely gives that viewpoint of the, oh, that we are international. And even though I'm sitting in St. Louis, Missouri, and Katie's sitting in Detroit, Michigan area, so <laughs> we are diverse. And all voices matter. All voices count. All voices to the table. Because we strongly, diversity, equity, inclusion, it has been on the forefront of our mission since we started. From inception, we know that all voices must be counted. That what what Judy experiences with her disease, even though we do have overlapping issues, what she's experiencing and her lived experience is important to solving the problems. We can't just listen to a five percent of people that typically sit on advisory panels, for example. I loved how she said that. First of all, that it re- we resonated with her as somebody when she was more newly diagnosed. And that's important because, I mean, Katie, you were young when you were first diagnosed. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. you remember the challenge of like, oh, my gosh, where do I get information? And accurate information and information that isn't 
too overwhelming at first. And yeah, the community aspect too, as far as who can I trust? Who Mm. else has this? The lived experience. And to backtrack a little, you were talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Something so important about making sure we listen to patients and give them a place to talk is a privilege that comes with being healthy is that you don't necessarily see those barriers. Mm -hmm. If you don't have those challenges, you are happily oblivious to all the different everyday tasks that can be a challenge. So listening to everyone and having Judy be involved in so many different projects, we get that perspective. We get that insight into all the different things that we can tackle and we can fix and we can make better for everyone else. Absolutely. And I won't go into exactly what all of these projects are. She she did mention a couple, but one that I am going to bring up because it makes sense as we go through, we still have, we have four other volunteers that we're going to let you listen to as well. And we'll stop talking so much <laughs> or I will <laughs> talking a lot um, is that when she talked about a community team or act, that really put our organization on a forward motion. That was in 2015. We were the first immunology group ever to win the Innovation and Research Award. It was at Celgene at the time. They've now merged into BMS, Bristol-Myers Squibb. Shout out. Woo. We love Celgene. We also love Bristol-Myers Squibb. And we won a large grant to work towards creating innovative platforms innovative ways that all persons living with our diseases, again, not just the usual suspects that may go and sit on panels and try to relay, which is important. Don't get me wrong. That is an important thing to do, but we can't always use that. There's got to be other ways to also capture voices. And so we thought, all right, we need to to think about how we're going to connect these pharmaceutical companies, researchers, non-pharmacologic researchers, how are we going to get them talking to patients ethically? And we thought, well, we are sort of the middle person here because we have the background in business, education, research, and we're persons living with the diseases. So it was a kind of a flip of the hat, if you will. We can talk to patients We can talk to people living with the diseases and care partners very easily because we're in the trenches every day with them. But then we can also turn around and put our professional hats on and relay the information and just sort of go back and forth. That was the philosophy of how we would bridge that. And as a result, Judy and and actually a couple of the other people that you'll, you'll hear from were part of helping us develop the program develop an online community that we're now going to host a lot of the project components that would unite conversations. So it's called AI Arthritis Voices, the umbrella program. You sign up. It's free. Everybody should sign up. Patients, people living with the diseases, their care partners, and all other stakeholders, free. Sign up. Then we connect you to these opportunities. If there's opportunity to speak to each other, to really get at that table, that virtual table usually, and solve problems, then you'd be invited into this online project platform where we can actually facilitate those conversations. Yes, even pharmaceutical companies can be in there because the permissions are 
so tight and so customizable. But we spent a couple, a few years working on that. And now it is launched. That's what she's talking about. So that's something we're going to send you to for sure at the end. And then we do host World AI Arthritis Day every year on May 20th. And that focuses on celebrating the awareness of our diseases. And it's a cool, it's auto-themed. So it's really fun and creative way to teach people about our diseases. And we launched the Charity Talk, which is our version of a charity walk, which you can do all year round, but it focuses on that auto theme as well. So that's something you'll be able to volunteer if you'd like and host your own charity talk, raise some funds for a good cause and teach all of your loved ones about our diseases. And then last but not least, she mentioned AI Arthritis Voices 360, which is this talk show. And as you can see, it shares a name somewhat with the AI Arthritis Voices Umbrella Program. But the 360, our talk show, this show, while it airs every first Sunday of the month in audio form, in audio version, your typical traditional podcast, then it goes and spins 360, meaning it can be... everything firing from social media to live conversations when we could, if we can, soon, hopefully, in person, all different ways that we can capture as many voices as possible. That is what the 360 means. So I'm going to turn it back over to Katie. Is There was one other thing I know that you thought was really important about what Judy said, and it was specifically about coming to us as a go-to for new treatments. Yes, new treatments and learning about all the different treatment options and what they mean and the technical details. That's something that Judy mentioned that she has us as her go-to resource, which is a privilege and an honor and something that we want to make sure to bring to everyone. Mm-hmm. And what in the main, I say the main way we do that is through our Go With Us to Conferences program. I'm going to circle back to that. That was kind of a tee up for our next volunteer. I think we're going to Deb next. Hi, my name is Deb Constein. I am from the Madison, Wisconsin area in the United States. And I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis about 38 years ago. I have been volunteering for AI arthritis and it's been about seven years now And I have been involved in many ways. I've been traveling to conferences with Tiffany. She's been my go-to person as we've been traveling together to both ULAR and the ACR, the American College of Rheumatology. I've been part of AI Arthritis Voices. I've been a reoccurring co-host for our 360 talk show. I've been part of the Precision Medicine and one of the original ACT project participants and helped out with that in many ways. I am a dietitian by trade, but medically retired for probably 20 years now. And I just really came to know AI arthritis for everything that is, again, it's all patient-led. And I love that. I love that it's a patient-led organization. We're all patients that volunteer together, as well as some of our employees. Some of the employees may or may not have arthritis. But again, there's just something about AI arthritis that it's a family 
a family outside of our family. I, I just love the impact that we have. We're always focusing on education, advocacy, and research. Tiffany welcomed me to, I learned a little bit more about OMRAC and became an active partner in OMRAC as far as shared decision-making and a few other things. And I, I like what we stand for. We identify problems and we work together to solve those problems and make others aware. And one thing that we've always been the first to do is make sure that everybody is seated at the table that are equal partners, whether it's a patient, a researcher, a doctor, the industry, meaning pharma. We all are together working for the common goal of solving the problems that we find. They're always coming up, even in just conversations we're having together, Tiffany, myself, and Katie, Patrice, all of us are sitting together and we're all kind of talking about what's been going on in our lives. And we identify problems that pop up as one of the most recent ones was with COVID. Some of our medications are now being reserved for our hospitalized COVID patients. So like my medication in particular is not available for me at this time because it's being reserved for the hospitalized COVID patients. So we brought that to people's attention. Again, I've volunteered for many organizations and I have slowed down my volunteering for several of those organizations because I see more of an impact. I see where our dollars are going. I see just right out front exactly what we're doing and all of the things that we're solving together. And I just... I always find it so interesting that just a simple conversation will bring up so many different ideas, things like that. I just, I can't explain just how passionate I am about this group. And I donate quite a bit to this group, my husband and I, because we see with living proof of everything that we're doing. And again, we've been around for about 10 years now and man, we are going places and we just need more volunteers to hop in with us to make that impact and make the difference. Go to the conferences with us, even if it's virtual or in person. So again, so many opportunities. I can't thank AI Arthritis enough for letting me be part of it. Thanks. Yay, Deb! <laughs> I just woke the cat Deb up. That has been amazing. And I mean, she thanks us, but I mean, we should be thanking her. She's Absolutely. always there to help us. She's just been incredible. I've never known like a volunteer to be so engaged and so active in an organization. So Well, so much so that you when you first started, you had her listed basically as an employee, like on our mm -hmm. contact list. I was like, no, she's a volunteer. <laughs> But a very good example of when we say flexible, when you join our group, you can be as involved as you want. And we always say that whether you are the newest volunteer or the CEO, me, you count. You, If you want to manage projects and you want to get that involved with our organization, you want to be part of the brainstorming of the innovative ideas that we're going to put out next, you're welcome to. We encourage all perspectives and opinions, and just because you start tomorrow or you've been with us seven or 10 years, your opinions are still valuable. And she's a really good example of being able to get probably about as involved as you can. 
<laughs> because mm-hmm. she chooses to be. There were a couple things I wanted to point out. She said OMERACT, that is Outcome Measures in Rheumatology. That is a volunteer, really prestigious research group, international, who works with its rheumatologists, researchers. There are some pharmaceutical persons there. Patients, they call us patient research partners, and we work in these working groups that last years. I mean, these are projects that help to usually drive clinical trial and figuring out the outcomes that are most important to the patient. So there are dozens of working groups, and I'm part of four, and I did bring Deb on, and I I wanted to point that out because one of the main things we do at our organization and what happens when you sign up for that AI Arthritis Voices program that we, we mentioned earlier is you automatically get information on how to join opportunities. If we're working on something, you have the opportunity to work on it. Since I'm invested in OMERACT and so willing to go and donate my extra time there as well, which is limited, but it does wrap into our mission. So I can help and Deb can help and others that I've brought on to OMERACT. There are a lot of opportunities still to be part of working groups, especially since they've gone virtual. So it's just one example. If you wanted to check them out, it's OMERACT, O-M-E. RACT.org. I encourage you if you're interested in research in particular, they're amazing. And I feel very honored to have been serving in their groups for so many years. Also, I'm part of the shared decision making group, which I brought Deb on to. And, you know, that's a big one for us, Katie, shared decision making. Yeah. Shared decision making as far as, you know, work with your care team, your physicians, your doctors, your nurses to create a plan together. Don't just try to fight it on your own. Don't try to just fight your doctors if they're not listening to you. Have that shared decision making, like literally. So we have positioned ourselves over the last several years to be leaders in shared decision making. We have several projects that are inclusive of this, one being a a branch out of this talk show, Roomy Rounds, which was actually an idea that I came up with, talked to my own rheumatologist, Dr. Al Kim or Dr. Al or just Al. If you listen to our show, that's how his, his... He's progressed, but Al and I worked together to create this idea of let's have doctors and healthcare providers, professionals, and patients come to the table as equals and have those hard conversations. And a lot of that is involved in shared decision-making, which is you know working with your health providers to come to conclusions on your healthcare. A lot of times that's treatment. Uh, we also are focused very heavily. We have a project preparing patients for precision medicine where we are creating shared decision-making tool to help you and your doctor communicate more about clinical trials. We have some new projects, opportunity, doop, doop. So (laughs) where we're working with Washington University on creating shared decision-making standards in rheumatology for e-health. And we have a lot of opportunity for patients to have a voice international. It's an international project on that. So again, just lots of, lots of opportunities. And as I said, precision medicine, I just want to point out, that's another place that we are leaders in. We recognize the need for precision medicine way back in 2015. And currently, as of January 2022, we're the only arthritis-related nonprofit 
on the Personalized Medicine Coalition. So yes, the current policy has been in cancer, but it's leading into our diseases. So we wanted to be in now. We wanted, we've been in there for a couple years and it was very important for us to know what the, the laws are, what's happening in legislature. So as it does evolve into AI arthritis diseases, we will be completely versed in the go-to organization for all advocacy related to precision medicine. Let's move over, Katie, who's up next? I believe we're going to hear from Patrice. Hi, I'm Patrice, and I live in Roseville, California in the United States, and I was diagnosed with RA 10 years ago. I've been volunteering with AI Arthritis for two years. I helped launch the AI Arthritis Voices Project platform. I have been a guest on several of their podcasts, and I have gone to ULAR twice now, the past two years, virtually with AI arthritis. And I also went to the virtual ACR conference in 2020. So why do I volunteer? I volunteer because I want to help others on their arthritis journey. All right. So Patrice is an example of someone who's been with us less time, but boy, she did a lot. (laughs) Yeah. You can like just jump right in both feet, you know, really get into. And again, the conferences are really where all the new information, the latest information is. And meeting the different people and seeing the different speakers, it's really a fascinating event to be a part of. Absolutely. And I'm going to take I'm going to take this opportunity to expand a little bit more. As I said, I would in the beginning, we started a pilot project. And when I say pilot, that means we're testing out something. And so there's going to be some trial and error and then we revise and then we go back. We are notorious for doing pilot projects because they eventually turn into full blown projects. But we like to take our time really get the patient perspective, make sure that we're solving those gaps, solving those problems. And that takes trial and error. So if, and and we're doing things innovative. So anytime, again, you're doing something the first time, there's no blueprint. So it is very challenging. And that's why we have to do pilot programs first. We decided two years ago that it's not fair that we get to go to all the conferences only like two or three of us. So you heard Deb say she's been sort of my right hand person traveling. And that is that is true. We have lots of photos we'll have to we'll have to share that you you can see on our website on us going to the actual conferences. And you can learn more about this program at AIarthritis.org backslash conferences. And that's where we'll post the, the photos. But uh, she has been going with me to the American College of Rheumatology and ULAR, which is the European version. So yes, we She went with me to Madrid, Spain, and she also went to Amsterdam. And then COVID happened and we've been all virtual (laughs) ever since. Uh, But we always attend as an organization those two scientific conventions every year because that is where all the new research comes out. That's where all the new treatment information, all the new guidance. It's strong in education as well. A lot of disease management sessions. It's, It's imperative for our mission that that we attend these. Uh, They are definitely the most important conferences for us to be at. So pilot program, we said, well, shoot, we're learning so much. And it's really, it's almost impossible to fully disseminate all of that information back, even bringing three people in person or so, which is about all we can afford. Sometimes we can, we can swing a couple more, but 
it's challenging. So we said we need to create a program where volunteers from around the world can literally go with us. And while we haven't been able to fully take it to half in person and half virtual because of COVID, we have pretty much fine-tuned and I think perfected for the most part, the process. Essentially, you sign up. And again, if you go to aiarthritis.org backslash conferences, there's going to be a sign up sheet for you that you'll you'll find there. If you're, it just sounds interesting to you, it's free. <laughs> we can't bring you physically and pay for your trip there, but we can bring the conference to you. We do this by patient-led debriefs, which you can find on our YouTube channel. We have two years of debriefs that Patrice and Deb and myself and Katie have all been part of. And so has Leslie, who you're going to hear from next. And it's just a really cool, unique experience where we don't just share sessions with you. We talk about what we learned and we talk about it together. We encourage you to ask questions. Sometimes we do watch parties. We will explain the process of the research. And it's it's unintimidating because if we and it, we know a lot of the answers because we have a good experience, but if we don't, we'll find the answers and give them back to you. We also have started connecting with researchers who are presenting at the sessions, and then we can connect you hopefully in our AR Arthritis Voices Project platform with those researchers and other platforms too. So this is something we're definitely building out in 2022. We are supposed to be able to travel, last we heard, but we all know the ever-evolving COVID saga. It's very possible that we will not be in, in Europe in the summer. It's very possible we may not even make it to the conference in, I think it's in California this year for ACR in November, but we're we're hoping Katie's getting her passport yep. together. So. Yes. <laughs> but you can go with us. And I, I can't I can't express how much fun that experience is. So in saying that, I'm going to turn it over to Katie to pull up Leslie's testimony. And I was just going to add to that. It's the pilot projects are really about making everything so purposeful. And the conferences, the Go With Us program, it's not just about getting bombarded with that information, but understanding it and then actually being able to use it in a purposeful way. So, I mean, you can just pull up Google at any time and just get so much, but when you go with us, you can really understand it, which is part I love. I'm Leslie Rat Wellsbacher from Detroit, Michigan, United States, and I was diagnosed with lupus and rheumatoid arthritis in 2008 at the age of 22. So I have been living with lupus and RA for over 13 years. I started volunteering with AI arthritis this year. In 2021, I was given the opportunity to virtually attend the ULAR conference with them. And I was very impressed with the attention to research and the importance of patients and the role that patients play in research with pharma, with medical professionals, and just the level and attention to detail, to making sure that patients are included and to making sure that whether it's conference information or other information that it's accessible to patients and that patients are able to utilize the information that they need. 
And so that is really what got me interested in volunteering with AI arthritis. And I hope to continue that relationship into the future. All right. So one of the things that's really cool, and she said she hopes she can continue it in the future. It wasn't, e- I mean, it was just like a day or two after we wrapped up ULAR, which what, what do you say, Katie? As the pilot went on, we definitely shrunk the time down, but we we completed it within like two weeks. I'd say so. Something, yeah. something like that. Because when we go to the conference, they're about four days long. And like I said, they're all virtual now. So we have had the luxury of being able to space it out and watch some of the sessions. Because they're packed. It's back-to-back, overlapping, just a ton of information. Yes. And I'm hoping, I, I, I believe, moving forward, that there's maybe forever they'll end up having in-person and, and virtual hybrid. So I know for sure if they do continue with the in person in 2022, it, it will definitely be hybrid. So in saying that, we still can have that opportunity when we're like, our brains are just stuffed with information after four days. It's going to be nice to, to have that. But what I was going to say is, and I know I, I had forwarded this to you when I got it, but I got a message from Leslie after we wrapped up and just raving about how much she enjoyed the experience. And she said, I've gone to conferences with other organizations before, but nothing like this. She said, I signed me up. I want to volunteer with you, <laughs> with your organization. She also said, I think she ended it with like, I am ready to be part of the family. That was just so telling of I like the word experience. That's what I'm trying to pull from this. We always say one of the things that make us unique, and we don't just say it, the volunteers say it, is we give experiences. Yeah, and it's it's to have, again, the experience with other people with the same perspective, the same diseases, the same sort of, you know, challenges. It makes it so much better. It, it heightens, again, the word experience to be able to do that as a family. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's jump right into Pooja's, who is a, a volunteer who started with us from India. Hi, my name is Pooja. I'm from Mumbai, India, currently living in Los Angeles, United States. I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis back in 2017, and I've been volunteering with AI arthritis for nearly three years now, and I'm one of the patient co-hosts for the AI Arthritis Voices 360 talk show. As a patient myself and founder of RA patient support community called Fiery Boats, I love that the team here are all patient leaders themselves who understand the pain, struggles, and unpredictability of this illness. Personally, I found it extremely challenging to navigate the complexities of RA while working full-time. It is also difficult for young people to accept that they will be living with a lifelong illness coupled with suspicion from less aware people who believe it is an old people's illness or it's all in your head. I started volunteering to help reduce the emotional impact for these patients. I'm glad to be a small part of this organization that is striving day in and day out to increase the patient awareness, advocacy, and research around new treatments in the field of autoimmune and autoinflammatory arthritis. Thank you. So I'm so excited that she's now in Los Angeles. <laughs> I didn't know I might have an opportunity to meet her in person. I think I have met 
And over the years, we have had, I, I mean, so many volunteers, <laughs> dozens and dozens. And I'm happy to say I have met in person probably 75%. And that includes Judy, who's in Australia. And that only happened because of my work with Omeract. And I was flown to Australia through Omeract to, as a patient research partner, they picked about 20 who have, they have about 20 slots to do the in-person meetings. And I was lucky enough to, to secure one of those. It, it's a funny story. I have to let her tell you, but basically she traveled for like a day and a half to meet wow. me because Australia is huge, right? And yeah. She took a plane somewhere and landed somewhere, and then she spent the night in a hostel, took a bus to get to me, and everyone there was like, you did what? Like, who's she? she? And her response was just, I love AI arthritis, and I love what they do, and I've known Tiffany online, and I don't know if I'll ever have the opportunity again to meet in person, so she literally traveled <laughs> two days and that's going back too. talk about commitment and we love her too we do we it's, do the feeling is mutual <laughs> we do you know with with puja something that she she mentioned is that she started a group called fiery bones and it was because there's not a lot of awareness in india and she was hoping to sort of help facilitate information to people living with air arthritis diseases there. And I really can't, I have to ask her, I can't remember how we connected. I don't know if she emailed me or found us on social media. I don't remember that initial connection, but what resonated with her was you can utilize our organization as a platform for your voice. When she said, I enjoy being a small part. Yes, she's volunteer. She's one of our co-hosts for the show. And again, you can be involved as much as you want. And we really try to do as much as we can to promote her her work that she's doing as well. And it just it's a it's a two-way street because then hopefully we'll be able to help other more people in India as well. So I did want to just point that out again when we're talking about volunteering. If you have a blog or a support group or or anything like that you're you're already doing and you want to additionally be part of a bigger team we're here yeah <laughs> so i thought Contact that was a good us. example absolutely and she says a small part but you never know what that can do in the long run like a small pebble can make huge ripples later on so absolutely 100% so those are the the five testimonials that we have to share with you today. And we are going to continue. I'm going to continue collecting them. There were many more people who said they wanted to submit them, but we had to record in the, in the holiday season. And we all know how hectic that can be. So I'm going to swing back with them and still get, and still capture those. Let's keep this going. If you're not already a volunteer and this is sounding interesting let us know. Come volunteer with us. Join our family. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm going to give a little a little closing sort of overview. I talked about opportunities. We've talked about several here today. We have opportunities in research, a lot in research and in, in patient-led, patient-included research. Also, as far as education, that falls under awareness. And we talked about our charity talks. We talked about World AI Arthritis Day. And that, that really has an awareness, but also 
an educational component. We also are the host of Stills Disease Awareness Day, which is September 7th. And that is because the International Stills Disease Foundation dissolved in 2017 into our organization. We did inherit that and proud of it. So we have that Awareness Day as well. And we do participate in several other awareness campaigns throughout the year, which we're always looking for volunteers to help with as well, because the more voices, the more we're going to be able to teach. We also have a very exciting education slash advocacy. And when I say advocacy, that's public policy or legislation. So we realize we really stepped it up, first of all, I gotta say. Of the three pillars, education, advocacy, and research, we not, I don't wanna say weak, we just weren't as we didn't have enough really person power. We didn't have enough volunteer to, because it's a, there's a lot of that goes into to signing on the letters and, and doing that, that type of legwork that, that comes with, with advocacy. And we decided we hired more people this year. We're growing again, thanks to your donations, being able to expand our mission. Thank you to everyone who has been supporting us and continues to support us because we could never have even added this app, this whole advocacy pillar and built it up the way we did without that. And the, the response we're getting is, wow, AR arthritis is everywhere. I've heard that from like three different three different groups now with with signing on to letters and really speaking on on many of the issues that impact our access to treatments. We're very passionate about this and historically and it's still important to collect stories and and if you have stories to share about things that are impeding your access to treatments, that all needs to be counted because that's how we influence our regulations to gain access. So what we're going to do is again, innovative, something new. We're going to put me back in the teaching, in the teaching role, which I'm kind of excited about. I miss teaching. It was really fun. Anyway, we are going to put me back in the classroom. And what is that going to look like? Well, Again, we're going to pilot test a lot of different methods, but essentially we're going to create online, not classroom boring. No, no, no. Yuck. We don't do boring. Boring is not in our vocabulary. High energy, interactive experiences where we not just teach you about some really important policies, important things that are happening that could impede your access to the treatments that you need or the therapies. It doesn't necessarily even have to be pharmaceutical. I mean, just, you know, just we do a lot also with regulatory FDA, EMA, or European Medicines Agency, Food Drug Administration. We want to help you not only understand what's happening, but how you can help change it. I think it's going to be fun. Watch parties. We'll invite you to attend webinars with us that we attend or or we'll share some of the clips from, from what we're learning. And I, I'm just excited about it. So if changing legislation, public policy, again, we are international. Some of this will focus on the United States strongly, but we also are invested in building out our advocacy globally. So if you're interested, you can go to arthritis.org backslash advocacy, and there's a sign-up sheet there for this. But you can get all of these opportunities just by going to our arthritis.org backslash volunteer or the AR Arthritis Voices button on our website as well. So there's many, many ways that you can you can be notified. But those I think are are just they're exciting. New, we're gonna do the go to conferences again this year and just a lot of exciting things on the agenda. We said 2021 was was really our year, our breakout year. We hired several employees. 
we're building. We have been approached by several companies in the last two months that have selected our organization to help with more shared decision-making, education on clinical trials. Just, we're excited and we need more volunteers. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Don't just, you know, sit back. You can actually take action, make an impact, make a difference. And like you said, all from your sofa. All from the sofa or other places. If you're a person living with these diseases, don't let fear of commitment hold you back. Not from our organization because... Use that expertise that you've been, you know, so wonderfully burdened with to make a difference. And if you're not a person living with our diseases, we still need you to volunteer, especially signing up for the AI Arthritis Voices program, again, free, because our mission is to connect people living with the diseases with you (laughs) so that together we can solve problems. So that also goes for care partners or family and friends. Sign up because Your experience and perspectives can help us also solve problems with communication, with education, educating the public, all of those those tools. So any person who is living with an AR arthritis disease, if there is something impacting your life, there is a stakeholder involved in it. So that could be a family member, it could be a spouse, it could be a doctor, it could be a legislator, it could be a researcher. Whatever that problem is, we need to get all of those stakeholders to the table so we can solve the problem. So please... Also, if you are not a person living with these diseases, we also need your experience. I think that's it. All right. Well, thank you, Miss Katie, for kicking off the year with me. 2022. The the last year was our turning year. This time we are making things happen. And I'm excited to see what we do in 2022. Oh, that rhymed. That was kind of cool. With you. Ah! All right, we have to end now. That was too good. All right. See you all this year, 2022. AI Arthritis Voices 360 is produced by the International Foundation for Autoimmune and Autoinflammatory Arthritis. Find us on the web at www.aiarthritis.org. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and stay up to date on all the latest AI arthritis news and events.